If you haven't visited a public library recently, you might be surprised. Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. What's surprising about libraries today is not that they are more about offering access than acting as archives. The American Public Library is increasingly a community's home away from home. With more on the state of public libraries, Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, joins me now as he does each Friday. And welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Greetings, Chris. So indeed, in early April, thousands of librarians and publishers are going to descend upon Denver, Colorado, or I suppose we should say ascend, it's the Mile High City after all, for the Public Library Association meeting. And in Monday's issue of Publishers Weekly, you're previewing that meeting. So we'd like to hear from you a little bit about the state of public libraries. First of all, tell us about the Public Library Association itself. What's their aims? Sure. So the, the Public Library Association is actually a division of the American Library Association. And in fact, with 9,000 members, the PLA is actually the ALA's largest division by quite a lot. And every two years, the Public Library Association holds its own conference, which is sandwiched between the ALA midwinter meeting in January and the annual conference in June. And that meeting, the PLA meeting, is in fact enormously popular. And on the face of it, it looks like any other ALA meeting, except for the fact that the attendees are generally public librarians. Obviously, where ALA appears to all kinds of librarians, the main difference is this is mostly public librarians and the vendors who appeal to those librarians. The meeting is getting quite a reputation for hosting really strong professional programming for librarians. Uh, at every meeting, there's usually well over 100 sessions on issues that matter these days to public libraries. And of course, there's always authors and author signings and readings, etc. Opening this year's meeting, in fact, is going to be Anderson Cooper, who's going to take time out from covering the presidential primaries to talk with librarians about his forthcoming memoir which he's written with his famous mother, Gloria Vanderbilt. Though I suspect we're probably going to be talking a little bit about politics, too, after his talk. Uh, you can see the full slave speakers set for PLA and read more about some of the panel picks and things that we're interested in covering in Monday's issue of Publishers Weekly. All right. Well, indeed, speaking of politics, which you just were with the mention of Anderson Cooper, also in Monday's issue, you have an interview with the head of ALA's Washington office, the group that works for libraries on the Hill and in many cases for the public. Tell us about that. That's right. So in Monday's issue, among our many PLA preview features, we have a full-length interview with the American Library Association's Emily Sheketoff, who is the director of their Washington office. Uh, and we talk about a wide range of issues, uh, legislative and legal issues facing libraries today. Broadly, I'll just say this. It's worth noting that in many cases, the American Library Association Washington office works in the interests of the public at large. And that's because librarians are, of course, public institutions, and they have very deeply held values that benefit fit the public, of course, as well. So, you know, it's worth noting, and I have to say this too, that the ALA Washington office has got some game. You may think of librarians as, as quiet in many cases, or maybe the perception of libraries is that they're these temples of quiet, but on the Hill, they can roar pretty loudly. And especially over the last two decades with the, the advent of digital, they've really upped their game and they've proven to be very effective on the Hill. So what are some of these issues? Well, of course, uh, we talk a little bit with Emily about funding. That's always a big issue. 
and this year is no different. Uh, and there is actually currently a cut scheduled in the federal budget for library funding, which ALA is very concerned about and is working to address. So Emily talks a little bit about where that stands. But more broadly, ALA is pushing to extend everything from broadband access, uh, and it worked really successfully with the FCC on that in, in the last year or two. And it's also been a, an ally in the push for net neutrality, although that's a much more complicated issue, as Emily will explain. Privacy is also a huge issue for ALA. Uh, I think many of our listeners will recall that librarians from the outset uh, very vocally pushed back against the Patriot Act. And today they are very concerned about what's in the news, which is, of course, this case with the iPhone encryption with, with Apple. We talk about that as well in my interview with Emily. And of course, you know, we talk a little bit about some of the more traditional subjects that the ALA is interested in, like copyright. And of course, there was some good news for the public library community uh, this year, too, with the appointment of a public librarian, Carla Hayden, to the post of Librarian of Congress. And while it may seem odd to seem surprised that a public librarian was appointed to that post, it's actually the first time since 1954 that a public librarian would hold that post. So a bit of good news there for the library community. Indeed, I bet the public librarians are holding their heads up uh, pretty high around all of that. And, you know, we've mentioned some of the issues that libraries are facing. Give us a sense of public libraries today in 2016 as they prepare to meet in Denver. What's the situation for libraries and librarians? Good time, bad time, somewhere in the middle? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I think in general, public libraries are always challenged. I think it's safe to say that no library ever has enough funding to do everything they'd like to do. Uh, so that means they don't have enough staff. Uh, you could always do more. We'll put it that way when it comes to a public library. But I think it's fair to say that the public library is also in a deep period of transition, probably more dynamic than any in its history. And a lot of that is driven, of course, by technology. Ebooks and access to information are, of course, issues that are very much going to be topics of discussion at uh, the PLNA meeting at Denver. And of course, as it is at the ALA meetings, uh, the next one coming up in June. And, you know, we've spoken quite a bit before about on this program about ebooks and prices and restrictions and those kinds of vexing issues for public libraries. But I think it really goes beyond those issues. It really goes beyond technology and even funding issues. You know, I spoke with Felton Thomas, who is the director of the Cleveland Public Library and also the incoming president of the Public Library Association. And we spoke about some of the sweeping and, and ever growing and expanding new roles that libraries are playing in their community. So, you know, yes, books and resources and uh, databases are still a big part of the librarian's job. But last year, for example, the Cleveland Public Library served over 150,000 free meals to kids. They offered tutoring programs. They had a record number of computer sessions for adults who flocked to the library to fill out job applications, uh, many of which are only able to be done online. And in some parts of Cleveland, Thomas noted, half the community in certain neighborhoods has no internet access whatsoever and depend on the public library. Uh, there's also the makerspace trend, too, where people are more and more people are coming to the library, uh, not just to take books off shelves, but to actually participate in and create things. So good or bad, uh, you can always look at things that way. But I think what comes through most and what will come through in Denver is a public library community that is still in the teeth of a massive transition and a transition that is probably as deep as any public institution in America has ever faced, really. Uh, as Thomas told me, he views his mandate as the director of the Cleveland Public Library very, very broadly, and that's to serve 
serve his community in any way that is needed. Well, and to round things out, an interview with Andrew Albanese really isn't complete without mention of a court case, and in particular, a court case <laughs> around copyright. And we could learn very soon whether or not the Supreme Court will agree to hear the Authors Guild appeal in the Google Books case. Where do we stand there? That's right. This week, the Authors Guild filed its final reply brief. So for all intents and purposes, the case is now fully briefed for the Supreme Court. And we could learn as early as next week whether the court is going to place the case on the conference calendar. Uh, and that means that the last chapter in this epic copyright battle, now well over a decade old, could finally be afoot. All right. So, yeah, Andrew Albany's court cases, copyright. You must have something to say about this. Who, me? <laughs> so in the face of it, I would say that there is probably not much chance that the case is going to be taken up by the Supreme Court. And I say that only because so far the case has been roundly decided against the Authors Guild at every step. You know, between the main case against Google and the Authors Guild's parallel case against the Hadi Trust, we've had two really strong district court decisions against the Authors Guild. And both of those cases were unanimously affirmed by the appeals court. So in all, we've seen eight judges decide against the Authors Guild so far. However, in reading these filings, I have to say the Authors Guild really has done a tremendous job making this case much more appealing for the Supreme Court. You know, they're presenting four questions for the court to address. And I think that's a good strategy. You look at what Apple did. They just had one point for the court to address, which, you know, obviously they did not. Uh, but the most interesting thing to me here is the idea that the Google case, the Authors Guild argues, has stretched the boundaries of fair use, has stretched the boundaries really of what a transformative use is. Uh, and as Guild officials know, the court hasn't heard a fair use case in over 20 years, pretty much since the digital environment really blossomed. So who knows? Maybe they are due. Well, indeed. And if it turns out they are due for a hearing in the Supreme Court, we'll learn more about it, of course, from Andrew Albany, senior writer at Publishers Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Book. My pleasure, as always. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global rights licensing, technology, and content workflow organization. At CCC, we serve more than 35,000 customers and 15,000 copyright holders worldwide. Copyright Clearance Center manages more than 950 million rights from the world's most sought-after journals, books, blogs, movies, and more. You can follow Beyond the Book on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to the free podcast series on iTunes or at our website, beyondthebook.com. Our engineer and co-producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. 